Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Why is there no hint of Paul saying, pray for my release? No. There's a reason. And it goes to that word, no. And that's what James says. You need to finish the rest of the verse, right? Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter trials of various kinds. Knowing what God is producing, knowing where God is going with the trial that you're in. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Philippians. If only we could find that peace and confidence we see on display in Paul and James. To be in the midst of trials we can't even imagine, imprisoned, persecuted, and under the threat of death. Yet, as Pastor J.D. points out in today's message, they had peace and even joy in knowing that they were right where God wanted them to be. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Philippians chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our text today is Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 19. We're going to begin in verse 12 where the Apostle Paul is writing by the Holy Spirit and says, Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, verse 14, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But, verse 18, what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know, and that's a key word that I want to draw your attention to, the word know. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit, of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. So I want to talk with you today about those times in our lives when God's ways just don't seem to make any sense at all. You ever been in a situation where, I mean, everything that is happening in your life contradicts the will of God, 
the ways of God, even the goodness of God. And I mean, it just leaves you scratching your head, not understanding what it is that God is doing and why it is that God is allowing these circumstances, these difficulties into your life. Well, certainly this was the case concerning the Philippians. But thankfully, the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is going to rise from the pages of our Bible, and he's going to teach us, he's going to show us what God's purpose is, and why it is that those difficult things happen and don't make any sense. I think it'd be a gross understatement to say that Paul's circumstances were difficult at the time that he wrote this letter to the church there in Philippi. I think we are, for lack of a better word, dismissive of the fact and the reality that he was in prison. And don't imagine that him being incarcerated was anything like what it's like to be incarcerated today, in the prisons of today. He was incarcerated and imprisoned and chained to a Roman guard every day, all day, every night, all night. It's believed that these guards would rotate every four to six hours, but there was never a time for the Apostle Paul that he was not bound in chains to one of these guards. Think about that. Let that sink in. (laughs) I mean, he's writing this letter while chained to one of these Roman guards. And listen, unjustly, he's not there because of some crime he committed. The accusations, the allegations, the charges against him are false and yet he's in prison. And this was a problem. It's important to understand that for the Christians in Philippi, Paul being in prison again and remaining in prison still made absolutely no sense. And the reason it made no sense is because when Paul and Silas, as we're told in the book of Acts, were there with the Philippians and imprisoned, They witnessed God miraculously freeing them from prison. Yet now, Paul is in prison again. Only this time, God's not freeing him as he had before. And they didn't understand why. Quite honestly, they're a little confused by the ways of God concerning Paul's imprisonment. This is actually why Paul writes this letter. He's sort of answering their questions as to why he is in prison. The purpose that God has not freed him from prison. And he's also answering their questions concerning those in Philippi who were taking advantage of the fact that Paul was imprisoned again. So much so we're told that they deliberately stirred up trouble for Paul because they fancied themselves as competing with Paul. And I say competing because Paul describes what they were doing as being out of envy, selfish ambition, rivalry, and I'll add self-promotion. 
the thought is, is that they're thinking to themselves, hey, Paul's in prison. This is our chance. This is, this is self-serving. This is building their own kingdom, not furthering God's. You know what's sad? This is textbook when it comes to the Christian church today. I'm sorry to say, like with Paul, there are those who seek to further their own reputation by slandering another. That's exactly what they were doing. And, and you would think that all that was happening to Paul and against Paul, you would think that he would be discouraged, even given over to despair, and that this letter we were reading would read very differently. But it's the opposite that's true. In verse 18, notice, Paul says that in spite of this, and even actually because of this, he will rejoice. He even repeats it twice, saying he will continue to rejoice. Really? What they're saying about you while you're in prison? Here you are unjustly, falsely accused, imprisoned again, chained to these Roman guards, and you're rejoicing? Yeah. How is that even possible? I mean, come on, let's be honest. If we were in Paul's position, and I would never imagine that any of us will ever have occasion to be in a situation similar to that of the Apostle Paul. But let's just say for purpose of understanding that we were in a situation similar to what Paul is in now. Let's be honest, would you be rejoicing? I have to be honest myself between the Holy Spirit and myself and say that for me this has been a tremendous struggle over the years in my own Christian life. James, is it? I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I, I actually early on in my walk with the Lord hated this verse. I know it's not good for a pastor to say that he hates a Bible verse, but I, I really struggle with it because James says, consider it pure joy when you encounter various trials. I, I hope I don't disturbing when I say it this way, but I'm not prone to consider it pure joy when I encounter various trials. I'm more prone to consider it pure hell when I'm encountering various trials. I'm just being transparent with you. So you can see where with Paul and even with James, the frustration of how can you rejoice when you're in this situation? Why is there no hint of Paul saying, pray for my release? No. There's a reason. And it goes to that word, no. And that's what James says. You need to finish the rest of the verse, right? Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter trials of various kinds knowing what God is producing, knowing where God is going with the trial that you're in. God has a purpose for it. 
I was uh, talking to somebody after first service, and they were sharing, I just really appreciated this, and I bore witness with it. She said something to the effect of, man, if I, you know, she shared this praise report, just God just really parted the Red Sea in a very difficult situation that she was in, starting back in June. And we were praying for her. In fact, at one of our prayer meetings, we prayed and just really petitioned the throne on her behalf. And, and God just, as only he can, did it. And she's just praising God and rejoicing. And she made this comment, and it struck me. She said, I wish I was rejoicing while I was still in it. I was like, oh man. I've actually prayed and asked the Lord to forgive me for kicking, fighting, screaming, and you know, all the way through the trial. Oh, if only I had but just been joyful and rejoiced in the midst of this trial, knowing what God was going to do would have, well, I would have saved some money on Tums. <laughs> would have probably got more sleep. So the answer to the question before us of how is this even possible? How is it possible to rejoice in the midst of such difficult and even confusing circumstances? It's knowing what God is going to bring out of those difficult circumstances. It's possible. In spite of the circumstances, really in light of the circumstances, I would submit that this is one of the main reasons we even have the book of Philippians in our Bibles. Did you know that Philippians is one of only four books that are what we call prison epistles, meaning that Paul wrote them while he was imprisoned. Ephesians was the first one. We just finished that book in our trek through the Bible, book by book and chapter by chapter and verse by verse. Philippians is the second one where we're at now. The next one's Colossians. That's the book we're going to go through once we're finished with Philippians. And then the book of Philemon. All four of these letters were written while Paul was in prison. Now, why do I point that out? Because, think about this, were it not for Paul being in prison, it's unlikely that we would have these letters. I think about on Thursday nights, we're going through the Old Testament, we're in the book of Psalms, we're going chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And I think about David. And were it not for David's difficult circumstances, I mean life and death circumstances, we would not have most of the Psalms. And if we don't have most of the Psalms or Paul's letters, then we don't have the encouragement and the comfort that they can bring to us all of these generations later. I think about just with the Psalms, I can't imagine, I hope this doesn't sound too melodramatic, but I can't imagine my life were it not for the Psalms, especially those really difficult times in my life, where those Psalms were and still are. And I mean, we're just so blessed studying through the book of Psalms on Thursday nights. They're like a soothing balm to a troubled heart. But it came out of David's life and death situations and circumstances running from Saul for his life because Saul wanted to take his life. That's where those psalms 
were birthed. And so too, this is where these letters were birthed. I'm so grateful to God that he inspired Paul by the Holy Spirit to pen these letters. I'm so grateful that God inspired David to pen these psalms. And I know it might sound like a firm grasp of the obvious, but wouldn't you agree that glorious things come out of difficult times? I mean, were it not for the difficult times in the lives of God's people, there would not be those grand and glorious things that come out of those difficult times. When I look back on my life, my Christian life over the years, I mean, almost without exception, the greatest things that God did in my life came out of the hardest times in my life. I'm learning. I wish I could say that I've come to the place in my life where I can honestly stand before you and say, I welcome it now because I know what God's doing. (laughs) If you think that's true, I'll give you my wife's email address. She'll set you straight right away. All the good that came out of this difficulty, this situation that Paul was in, as much as it made no sense, as difficult as it was, as confusing as it was, But this is exactly what happened with the Philippians who, because of Paul's imprisonment, were encouraged, even fearlessly emboldened. I don't know if you caught it. It struck me where Paul says that some of the brothers and sisters are now daring all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. You know what that tells me? That tells me that they were fearful prior. And here's Paul in prison, and the boldness of Paul. What came out of that? The result of that? The purpose for that? Was that now these Philippian Christians are emboldened, encouraged, fearless, instead of fearful. Notice in verse 12 where Paul tells them that all that's happened has actually served to advance the gospel. And then in verse 13 he says, it's becoming clear throughout the whole palace guard that he's in prison for Jesus Christ. Then in verse 14 he says that out of all this, most of the Christians have become more confident in sharing Christ. It gets better in verses 15 through 18. Paul says, basically, in spite of his name being dragged through the mud, Christ is preached. And that's why he is rejoicing and will continue to rejoice. But in verse 19, he says something very interesting. He says that he knows, there's that word again, knows, through their prayers and God's provision vis-a-vis the Holy Spirit, that all that's happened will turn out for his deliverance and the gospel's furtherance. Notice he doesn't say, I'm hoping that it does. I'm praying that it does. I'm believing that it does. No, he says, I know. I know it will. It has to. That's who God is. That's how good God is. All of this came out of this difficult and even confusing set of circumstances. Early this morning when I got up, 
I went over this again, and I, it was one of those, you know, times preparing and studying that I, I sensed that maybe there was something more that I just really needed to kind of drill down into. And so I decided to create a list of everything that came as a result of Paul's difficult circumstances that are here in our text in verses 12 through 19. I found seven. You might find more. But I just want to go through these very quickly. Number one, it advanced the gospel. you got to know that's near and dear to the apostle Paul's heart. You know how he felt about the gospel his whole life was for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this advanced the gospel. And and it's almost like he's saying to the Philippians, okay, you guys, I know this doesn't make sense, but this is why God's not freeing me from prison this time. It's becoming very clear why I'm still here. The gospel is being advanced. And number two, those in the palace guard, they're getting saved. That's the purpose for my being in prison. I'm here for Jesus Christ. I'm in chains for Christ. And number three, and I know this was very dear to Paul's heart, because I know how much Paul loved the Christians in these churches. He talks about crying for three years in the book of Acts, it's recorded. Day and night, he would weep for them, because he knew that there would be those that would come in and not spare the flock, wolves in sheep's clothing. To the Thessalonians, he writes that his care for them can be compared to a mother nursing her infant. He cared that much. I I think we talked about this last week. I should say I talked about this last week. And I confessed this last week that I I don't know if I can say that. Do Do I care that much? That's how much he he loved them. So I know that what came out of this when the Christians were emboldened and confident to fearlessly proclaim the gospel, that alone, I would suggest, would have been worth it all for Paul, if that alone had come out of his imprisonment. Number four, those stirring up trouble for Paul were actually preaching Christ. Number five, Paul rejoicing was contagious, and I use that word for a reason, because joy is contagious, isn't it? You know how it is when you're talking with a Christian, and I mean, they just, sometimes it can be irritating, let's be honest, but when you're talking to a Christian who has genuine joy, even in the midst of their difficult circumstances, does that not encourage you? We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Philippians. We pray the joy of the Lord fills your heart as you move through the rest of your day. We hope you'll take some time to spend with God today. Here at In Spirit and Truth, we always encourage you to revisit the scriptural text you heard on today's teaching and to learn for yourself what the Lord is saying through His Word. Know that we're praying for you as you lean into your relationship with God and we'll continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. 
Find out more about us and get directions at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. while you're there or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies in the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in the Bible. You can view the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor J.D.'s teaching, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth. With the old wind.